This is Pueblo's Podcast. I'm Dave Moore, and I'm talking with Sarah Joseph, Public Information Officer for Pueblo Department of Public Health and Environment. Sarah, we spoke several months ago about the COVID-19 pandemic, and uh, we thought it'd be a great idea to get an update from you. How are you doing, first of all, and your family? Thank you, Dave. Uh, We are hanging in there just like everybody is in our community, as well as the state, nation, and world. This is really new for everyone, even though we're over eight months into this in Pueblo. Um, But it's nice to know, personally, in my household, we are all healthy and able to still go to work. Oh, very good. Very good. And I'm sure, unlike um, a lot of folks, there wasn't much time off for you. You have been very busy over the last several months. Yes, this I often tell people that this is the busiest I've ever worked in my life. <laughs> um, we've learned that information is key in disaster response, especially a pandemic. And looking back, our organization acknowledges we could have put out a lot more information a lot sooner on. I think we all kind of thought this really wouldn't hit us the same way it was hitting the rest of the world. Right. And and yet it seems like, uh, as far as the United States goes, we have higher um, higher infection rate, higher death rate than the rest of the world. Is that still holding true? Yes, that is still what's happening and occurring across the United States. And how is Pueblo's percentages compared to the state and to the United States? Well, Pueblo currently is increasing its rates of um, those who are testing positive for COVID-19, and we have a community testing at the Colorado State Fairgrounds, which is open Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. to 7 p.m., and it's also open every second and fourth Saturday from 10 a.m. to 7 p.m., and the amount of people that are going and getting tested is just going higher and higher and higher. We used to be um, thinking we had a high amount of people getting tested at a hundred, and now we're getting up to 500 people a day getting tested. And our positivity rate within the amount of people getting tested is growing. And this is a trend that's being seen up and down the front range of Colorado. More people getting tested and more people testing positive. Wow. And we should say, or I should say that uh, at this recording, we're right at the end of October. And I know the governor has been kind of giving us a heads up as the state trends higher in uh, infections that we may move to the next level. How's that looking for Pueblo and Pueblo County? Yeah, so every county is looked at individually and what the state has is called the COVID dial. And the dial ranges from the safest area, which is stay at home, which is what we were in in March and April, and that's on the far right of the dial, and it's colored in red for the the most at risk with the highest cases and outbreaks. And then it goes to the left, which is the safest part of the dial, which is protect our neighbors. And there's a handful of counties in Colorado that have gotten to the protect our neighbor. So currently Pueblo is in safer at home level two as we're recording this at the end of October, and that's a concern. It's qualified as a concern in our community. Mm -hmm. However, our testing numbers and what we're finding for our positivity rates is really putting us into a safer at home level three. 
So level two, which we were discussing, we would have between 75 to 175 positive cases per 1,000 people a day. Wow. And for the last two weeks, Pueblo has been in the 200 to 300 cases per day, which bumps us into the numbers that would be associated with level three. So last week, Public Health Director Mr. Evitz received a letter from the Colorado Department of Public Health and Environment. It was an email notification saying, you, for three days, 72 hours, Pueblo County has been hovering into the numbers that qualify you to go into safer at home level three. And so we would like you to put together a mitigation plan to look at how your county can lower its numbers in hopes to stay at level two and not go into the more higher risk level three. So that's where we are currently. Sarah, the mayor of Pueblo, Nick Gratisar, has issued a curfew for the city of Pueblo. Can you explain how that affects folks? The curfew is in effort to reduce gatherings. As I've mentioned, gatherings is something we're seeing across the state is occurring and how the virus is spreading from one person to another is when there's multiple people, as we're seeing more than 10, multiple houses, more than two households in one spot. So this emergency declaration of a curfew over the city of Pueblo, which is going into effect at 10 p.m. and then it lifts at 5 a.m. is an effort to reduce gatherings in our community and help to make it so we can open our community up again sooner. The quicker we can drop our spread of the virus and the more positive cases, the sooner we will be able to open up and move towards our protect your neighbor classification on the COVID dial. Wow. Okay. Well, hopefully this action will prevent us from moving to that level three situation later. We submitted our mitigation plan to the health department and we did a, an announcement to our community last week that our numbers are going up and we really need to make our efforts to not be in contact with other people and wear our masks and wash our hands so we can reduce this transmission of this virus going from person to person and we'll have lower positive rates because, Dave, we really want at Public Health to be able to keep our businesses, our restaurants, and our schools open in Pueblo. Sure. And we all need to work together to do that because this virus likes to spread in all of us and we're seeing more cases of people who are what's called asymptomatic. They're not showing any signs. They don't feel bad, but they're carrying it and say they want to go visit their grandparents. And currently you can go visit at a long-term care, but you do have to go get tested. So they go get tested. They're feeling fine, but the test shows they're positive for COVID. Oh, gotcha. Now we have to do contact tracing with everybody they've been in contact with, and they don't get to visit their grandparents. Hmm. So we're hoping we can do what we can to stay in level two and even better, get back down to protect our neighbor. That's where we really want to go to that green area where we will have a lot of these what have been restrictions lifted. Exactly. Is there a indicator or indicators that we can put our finger on as to what's causing the increase in Pueblo County? Yes. What we've been seeing in our contact tracing is its gatherings. Household gatherings, backyard barbecues, 
weddings, other celebrations of people getting together, and they're most likely not wearing masks when they're inside or outside, and they let their guard down. And I've had coworkers share this experience where when you get on your back porch, you have some neighbors or friends over or cousins, other relatives, you just kind of let your guard down and get relaxed, and you don't wear a mask, you're not washing your hands as frequently, you're maybe not using separate serving utensils, and you're in closer contact for longer periods of time. And these gatherings are where we're seeing the spread in Pueblo. Okay. And I know we all have COVID tiredness or we're, we're like at, at our wits end, some of us, yeah. or a lot of us, I would say that we just need to get out and do something. And, and that seems to be what's causing the spike, I guess. Yes, um, I I too feel that that stress and just um, have it up to my eyes. Like I um, just want to go do things that I used to do with people I wanted to do it at the spur of a moment. And so many times I'll leave the house and then have to drive back because I forgot my mask. And I know I have to take my mask places and. I'm frustrated. I acknowledge other people have just had it with what we're doing. But in order for us to safely move forward and move in to protect our neighbors from the state's classifications on this COVID dial, as well as to keep our businesses open, to keep our kiddos going to school, to keep the teachers in school, we all have to make sure when we are going out that we wear our mask and we are keeping our distance of six feet or more from people that aren't from our household. So those who are fortunate enough to go to work, try to distance from other people. And you asked about spread where we're seeing it. One place that we're seeing it in workplaces is in the coffee room, the break room, the back rooms. So up front with clients, folks are doing their masks, they're using hand sanitizer, they're keeping six feet. But then when they go into the break room and the coffee room, they're getting a little relaxed. They take off their mask, and we're seeing some spread and transmission of COVID-19 in the break rooms and coffee rooms. Oh, sure. That makes total sense. So what does the Level 3 look like then? What type of restrictions would we face if if Pueblo County does uh, move into that area? Sure. So in Level 3, most of our total caps of how many people can be in one area at a time is 25% of maximum capacity. Currently, we're at 50%, and fortunately, Pueblo has variances that were approved back in June, which allowed us to have even more because we were doing so well and our numbers were so low. Mm -hmm. Um, Unfortunately, if we move into the safer at home level three, being high risk, we will lose all of our variances. They will be removed. And so uh, we will then go to the 25%. Our bars will be closed. Our um, fitness centers will be at the 25%. Group sports would be less than 10, or they would be virtual. Um, Retail is 25%. Our indoor events would be 25 people. And um, our senior facilities would be closed. We wouldn't be able to visit except for a compassionate visitation, which is 
um, really unfortunate. So even outdoor recreation would be at 25% or 10 people gathering at max. And recently, last week, the towards the end of October, the governor put out a, a new guidance, which is in gatherings, no more than two households and 10 people. So the 10 people that are gathering, they can only be from two households and no more. And that's really to reduce what I had mentioned earlier where we're seeing the spread is in gatherings and that's barbecues, uh, weddings, birthdays, all those gatherings. So at the statewide, the governor is trying to say if we only have two households or, or even just one, we're going to minimize the spread. Well, that seems like a, a great plan. I know a lot of people or some people probably think, well, we can we can get away with it a little bit. We'll add a third household or we'll have... 18 people, and, and that's that's what causes the infections, isn't it? Correct. By adding the additional households and people, you're increasing the risk, and um, you're adding that one or two people who are either asymptomatic or maybe they have symptoms or it's just before they're going to have symptoms, which is two days before you have symptoms of COVID-19 is when you are also contagious spreading it around, so you feel fine and you're giving it to other people. And we've seen that in instances. And um, it's been with with schools so far. It's been with sports teams. And um, it's unfortunate when we have to, when the people who have been exposed have to be quarantined. Right. And that we really want to avoid that, that third level because that really brings a lot of things to a screeching halt. That's right. And um, even our schools, our pre-K through 12 and higher education are all encouraged and suggested to do a hybrid or remote learning, which is what our schools have been working in pretty much. Our university has gone into their mitigation plan and our community college will be going into more of tele or their online education as we go into the end of this year. So our schools are moving towards this and I really have to commend, public health as a whole has to commend our schools, how proactive they've been and identifying those individuals, whether they're staff or students that have COVID or are showing symptoms and they are bringing people to quarantines, cohorts, and making sure it's not spreading to be able to keep as many people in school as possible. Sure. And you mentioned the um, the increase in the number of testing. I know the times I've driven past the Colorado State Fair, the, the line is quite long of cars getting in to be tested. Um, if I'm not feeling sick or I don't have any of the symptoms, should I get tested? Is it a good idea or should I... Not. Our encouragement is for anybody who is feeling symptoms to get tested. If you have been exposed to somebody who was positive with COVID or said they're feeling the symptoms, we encourage everyone to wait at least seven days before they get tested. And that seven days of waiting is because your first day of exposure, the virus has just gotten into your body and it takes about seven days for the virus to build up enough activity in your body for it to be detected. So on that seventh day, you would get tested and then we would see if it's in your body. 
So we're really encouraging people, if they are symptomatic, to get tested. But the testing site in Pueblo is open to everyone. And it is also a regional testing site, too. Okay. Very well. And, you know, I I have seen, I I think Puebloans are are doing a, a pretty good job when you go to the grocery store most of the people are wearing masks. You'll have an occasional person coming in without a mask, and you kind of want to say to you don't say anything to them usually, but you kind of want to say to them, "Haven't you been paying attention here?" <laughs> <laughs> Dave, I've I've noticed it getting better over the last couple months of more people wearing masks at the grocery store. Mm-hmm. It's nice for me because I never know when I'm going to be able to drop into the grocery store. I try to hit it at those non-peak hours. Exactly. But it's nice to know when I do go that other people are wearing masks that properly cover their nose and their mouth. It's not just hanging down below their nose or down under their chin. Right. Um, (laughs) The chin strap type thing. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I've heard it referred to as the chin diaper. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Yeah, that doesn't do any good. We want it up over the nose, up over the nose. Yes, we we know um, particles come out of your nose and mouth, and those particles are carrying um, moisture, and they could be carrying the virus, as well as if you're breathing in, it protects you from breathing other people's particles that they are sure. exhaling or breathing in or out. Also, it keeps you from touching your nose and mouth. And if you're touching surfaces and you chew on your nails or rub your nose or even rub your eyes, that's how the virus can get inside you. Gotcha. Well, we certainly have learned quite a quite a bit about this virus over the last six or seven months, haven't we? Yes, we have. And some great news I've been hearing recently in our briefings is that statewide, our hospitalization recovery rate has increased since this began. And I think it's because we are learning more about the virus and we are learning more how to treat it. I've been talking with Sarah Joseph, Public Information Officer, Pueblo Department of Public Health and Environment. Sarah, to kind of uh, wind things up, if you could give us a a goal for everyone to try and get us back down even to level one, but certainly avoid level three, what would those uh, few points be? As a community, we need to work together and limit our gatherings, which is people outside of our household, who lives in our household. If you are gathering, please limit it to one other household at a time and less than 10 people. 10 people in total between both households. The fewer people gathering, the better. We need to make sure we're maintaining a distance, a physical distance from other people of six feet or more, and we have a mask on. We need to wear our masks to protect ourselves as we have particles coming in and out of our mouths and others because we don't want to expose them, especially our elderly and our people who may be going through certain medical treatments. We want to make sure we're protecting them in our community, and we need to wash our hands. These are ways we can minimize the spread of this COVID virus and reduce the risk in our community and keep our businesses and schools open and we can move towards our protect our neighbor and open up our community. Great points. Great points. One final question here. We're heading into those holidays where we all gather and have turkey and exchange gifts and 
What 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 do we have to be aware of heading close to Thanksgiving and Christmas? Holidays are going to look different this year. They there definitely won't be as many people in the household. We're encouraging only two households to adjoin and 10 people at a time to be in a household. We also want to make sure people are getting their flu shots this year. The more people getting the flu shot and protecting themselves from the flu, we can make sure we are reducing any potential loads that might be on our health care systems so they can really respond to and care for those that are the sickest and most ill in our community. We want to remember as we move into the holidays that we do have our virtual options to join with people and gather and communicate because really reducing our gatherings and how many people are in one place at a time will reduce the spread. And when we do gather, we can still keep our masks on when we're inside to reduce any transmission of the virus. Okay. Great points there, Sarah. I really appreciate that. Well, I hope you uh, continue to stay safe. I've gotten my flu shot, by the way, so. Thank you, Dave. <laughs> Got that out of the way. Well, hopefully uh, the next time we talk, we'll, we'll be back into the level one and everything will be uh, getting closer to our life before COVID-19 arrived. That sounds great. I am looking forward to that. All right, I've been speaking with Sarah Joseph, Public Information Officer of Pueblo Department of Public Health and Environment. Sarah, thank you very much, and you stay safe. Thank you, Dave. You too. I'm Dave Moore. That's Pueblo's podcast. Be proud, Pueblo's.